Well, let's welcome Sarah today. You came loaded. Well, praise the Lord. It's such a joy to be here. And um, I just call you my family. I mean, I, I look forward to coming to, um, to Wasilla. I just, uh, I miss you and um, I love you. And I just want to thank you, thank you for the prayers. I mean, God has just been doing, he's just doing amazing things, you know, in, um, in my life, in the ministry. And I just want to thank you, thank you. I know it's because of the prayers that I am alive today. And I know it's because of your prayers that God's work is going on in a greater measure than ever before. And um, before I get into the word, I just want to mention briefly, and I think most of you guys have got our books, but Richard and I wrote some books. I've got to put this down somewhere. Down there. Anyway, um, uh, some years ago we wrote several books, and um, one of them is called Tears of Triumph, and it just, you know, shows, um, shares the life story of Richard and his parents, how they escaped out of um, war-torn, you know, um, uh, Poland into Germany and lived, you know, under Nazism, and how my, you know, in-laws came to Christ through actually... Um, it, I don't know if it shares in there, but the men who asked my husband to work for the mission, the mission that was, you know, printing Bibles into Russia, Brother Durkacz, he was one of the men that was um, going through the DP camps, displaced persons camps, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, you know, during World War II. And um, it was during that time that my in-laws came to know Jesus Christ through that man. And later on, years later, that we didn't realize he was the one that asked my husband, Richard, to work for the mission, you know, and taking Bibles into Russia. And so, anyway, then we share a lot of our own personal stories and their experiences. And um, so, that's Tears of Triumph. And then another one, it's my life story, how God led our family out of Russia into China, and then out of China into the free world. And I came to America at when I was 12 years of age, and, and then at 19, I was married to um, my little honey, Richard, that um, his birthday was just the other day, and it was, we would have been married actually 50 years this last August, and it's been 50 years that um, I've been in the ministry as well. And anyway, we share a lot of you know, personal life stories that um, if you do have the book, maybe grab one of these books for Christmas. They make a lovely Christmas stocking or little package, and um, most of the proceeds actually go towards the Bibles that we are still purchasing in Russia, in Ukraine, for, you know, for those nations. And then that five by night is also in Russian, so if you know any Russian friends, um, you can get one in Russian. So anyway... Um, you can help yourself to those, and I just want to, you know, encourage you. Um, the greatest gift that we could have ever received was Jesus Christ. Uh, 
out of, I mean, there's all these different, I've got 12 grandchildren, and I just spent, oh, last week, my son, who lives in California, Riverside, he said, oh, mom, he does a catering business, and so he said, mom, I've never had a, this large of a contract yet, in, you know, before, but he said, um, I got a contract for um, 6,000 lunch boxes, and we had to do it within two days, and um, anyway, so he flew me down there, and uh, um, so I'm doing the lunch boxes, and I'm kind of bending down, up and down, up and down, and well, anyway, I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> my, my back, my bones, I mean, I can feel them. <laughs> and I thought, oh, my goodness. And um, my son, he goes, oh, Mom, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'll be okay. <laughs> but I said, I don't think I'll be able to do that many lunch boxes. I mean, he had other, you know, people helping him and working. But um, uh, during that time, I thought of just our children, this last summer, I went to, I was praying, and I said, Lord, do I go back to Ukraine? Because Russia has been closed because of the COVID rules, the regulations, and so forth. And so I was praying, and as I was praying, you know, the Holy Spirit, I wasn't able to go last year to Russia or Ukraine. And this year, as I was praying, the Holy Spirit kept, you know, pressing on my heart, and Last year when my father was passing away, he kept saying to me, you know, he came out of a coma, just, I mean, out of the blue, you know, he was in a coma and just passing away. And all of a sudden he came out of this coma. He was one month shy of turning 100 years of age. And I remember he, you know, came out of this coma and he, said, he opens his eyes and he looks at me and he says, daughter. He said, get the word of God into these remote regions. Get the word of God. He said, there's an urgency. There's an urgency. And he was speaking it with such urgency too. He said, you know, time is running out. He said, time is running out. There are going to be doors that are going to be closing. And you need to hurry, hurry, hurry. And then he said, and I'm going home. He said, now my time is up. And he said, I'm going home. And he said, I see Jesus standing with a white robe. And then he just went like this. And he went home to be with the Lord. And so um, I just felt this urgency, you know, after that. I thought, well, Lord, I can't even go to Russia. The doors are closed right now. Ukraine, the doors are closed because of the COVID, you know, rules and regulations. And, and so I thought, God, you know. And I thought, is this the end to the ministry, you know, that you've called us into, you know, to work in these, you know, communist, ex-communist countries? And the Lord spoke and said, no. He said, I will open still new doors. I will still open new doors. And I'm going to work in ways that you do not even expect. And um, as I was praying, the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to do a new thing. And the word of the Lord has been speaking that over and over and over again. I will do a new thing. And I want to tell you, God is doing a new thing in your life. And, you know, do not just look at the past, how he has moved in your life in the past. But God is doing a new thing. And it says, shall you not know it? But he wants you to believe, to believe God to do a new thing. And so this year, I, as I was praying, I said, I just believed. I said, God, I know you're going to open, you know, 
doors, wherever they are, whether it's back to Ukraine. You know, we've got orphanages there. We've got widows that we support. And, um, and so anyway, all of a sudden, I said, God, if you want me to return back to Ukraine, then somehow you make it available that I can fly into Ukraine. Because um, at that time, the government required you to, you know, you could fly into Ukraine, but you had to be isolated for more than two weeks in their camp or their hotel. And you had to pay for that, you know, stay, which was thousands and thousands of dollars. And after that, you had to, you know, be quarantined in wherever you were going to be for another two weeks. And so I thought, well, you know, I can't do that. And so anyway, uh, as I was praying, the Holy Spirit said, I will do a new thing. And, um, and I said, okay, God, then can you help to just, and my heart's desire, I mean, we've been putting in all these Bibles. I mean, not just thousands of Bibles that the Lord allowed our ministry, Impact Ministries, to pour into these ex-communist countries. But we, the, with the Lord's help and your help, and, you know, the body of Jesus Christ, and um, we've put in over 7 million Bibles into the former communist countries. Our God is an awesome God. And so this year I said, okay, God, I would just love to just put in a large amount, a large amount, you know. I mean, we put in, I mean, over, you know, four tons last year, which was a lot. That was like over uh, 400,000 Bibles. And so I thought, okay, God, I would love to just put, you know, a good amount of, you know, Bibles. And you have been supporting, supporting the ministry. And we have been putting in Bibles. And then, uh, like I said, the orphanages that we have, they are continuing the work there by our indigenous people. Well, I said, okay, God, if you just provide largely within two weeks, then I'll know that you are going to have me go back into Ukraine. Well, less than two weeks, there was an anonymous donor that I, you know, did not, I mean, un, just um, uh, unexpected between that and churches and people that just started donating towards Bibles and orphanages and the widows there. We bought seven tons of Bibles. And four tons went into the Islamic nations. Well, those doors were closed. Well, last year, for the first time in three of the Islamic republics that have been closed, and some of our missionaries had literally laid down their life, who were beheaded just a year before that. And last year, the doors opened up into these Islamic republics. And so our missions teams from Western Ukraine, they began to take the Bibles with the humanitarian aid and other you know, uh, assistance. They began to take them into these Islamic republics. And God literally opened up new doors into these Islamic Kyrgyzstan, Turkmenistan. I mean, um, these stans, I mean, they were closed. And uh, Richard would have a little funny joke with the stans, but anyway, um, I miss his little corny jokes. But <laughs> anyway, and that one that um, Gary said, Richard would have said, yeah, you floored me. But anyway, uh, uh, but anyway, so here this year, we put in over four tons of the Bibles in the languages of Kyrgyzstan, Turkmenistan, which, you know, has not been done. And for the first time in decades and decades that God opened those doors 
and those, the word of God is being, has been going in and by our missions teams out of Western Ukraine. And you have been a part. You've been a part of that. And I just want to thank you, thank you for your diligence, for your support, for your prayers. And so when I went into Ukraine, I was not, I did not have to be quarantined for two weeks in the hotel. I didn't have to be quarantined in one location. I mean, the doors were just wide open. And I began to, I went, my brother came with me and a small team, and we began a children's camp in our orphanage. We brought in children from other, you know, um, uh, government orphanages and foster homes. And in this, in this camp, I remember, you know, there were over a hundred children and young people that had never, ever heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is not our orphans. This is orphans that we brought from other orphanage, government orphanages, from remote, remote villages. And as they came, and we had a program for them, you know, all day long. And then in the evening, we would give them a session, you know, about the word of God. But in the daytime, we would give them um, just different you know, skits that they had to do uh, based on characters from the Bible. And we formed groups, and each one of the group, you know, they had to form a skit, you know, doing something like the Good Samaritan. Well, they had to find something in that community to do, you know, to help in that community. And so they would go and, you know, they would find, you know, some houses. They painted some, you know, fences. Another group, they did something else, you know, and each group did something. And they were just so excited that, you know, these people were so thankful, so thankful to these young kids that came and did something good, you know, to these poor, poor families. And so anyway, this one day, you know, um, the neighbor house, I mean, they had a whole bunch of kids also, but not as many as our orphanage. But this neighbor house, they would play the music, you know, really loud. And it was just vulgar, vulgar, you know, words and stuff. And I was praying. I said, God, just do something. Do something. Just, you know, uh, blow out the amp or do something, you know, over there. <laughs> So that, you know, so our kids can hear the word of God so they can, you know, enter into worship so they, they can hear the gospel, you know, and um, all of a sudden the rain, I mean, it just started to pour down rain, the lightning and thunder and it was the lightning would just come so close and we were meeting in like a straw, you know, straw covered, you know, um, a little, not hut, but we just had a straw roof. And anyway, so the rain, they were coming, but the rain did not come to us. It was at our neighbors, to the right, to the left. I mean, pouring down rain for three hours. Lightning and thunder. Three hours. And some of our kids, they go, Sister Sarah, we're going to get killed. We're going to be fried. You know, I said, no, you won't be fried. You know, I mean, some of the lightning, you know, rod, uh, you know it just struck so close, you know. Well, anyway... Almost every one of them gave their heart to Jesus Christ that night. They saw the miracle of God. They saw the rains on their right, you know, the house there. And they saw the rains and the people, they ran, they, you know, from the rain and the lightning and thunder, except for our team. So God just preserved and did a miracle, a miracle that no one else could. So our God is an awesome God, you know, to preserve, protect, and to do a new thing, to do a new thing. Anyway, I'd like to read. And so I want to thank you, thank you. Um, 
And we also bought 10,000 children's Bibles. Now, those Bibles this year, uh, I mean, they've been, we've had to pay $5 a Bible, but God just miraculously, miraculously has been provided. And so, you know what? When God calls to do something and we're obedient, we see fruit that will abound. Fruit, eternal fruit that will abound. So I'd like to read this morning in um, my message that I'd like to share is write the vision. Anyway, write the vision. And whatever falls down, it's okay. It will come back. <laughs> Eventually. And so Habakkuk, um, chapter 2, and I'd like to read verse. And you know what? I remember Rich is speaking on this. I don't know if he spoke on this in this church or not. But anyway, God just laid this on my heart. And so if you've heard, you know, well, each one of us, you know, share uh, differently. And um, however God has put it into my heart, I pray that it will just minister and that you will apply it in your life. So Habakkuk chapter 2, reading verse 2 and then um, verse 3. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. The vision, the Lord says, Write the vision and make it plain. Heavenly Father, I just ask you right now, that you would just captivate our hearts, our thoughts, our mind. Father God, I just ask that our focus would be on you, Jesus. Let our focus and our ears be attentive to what the Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts. Father God, I ask that you would just melt away, melt away any hardness in our hearts, and help us, Lord Jesus, to yield, to yield to the Holy Spirit and to be obedient. And Father God, I just ask that you would minister to each individual this very hour. You know the need of every heart. You know the need of every person here. And Father God, I ask as you minister to their needs that, Father God, that they will also have a way to minister to others. Jesus, I just ask that you would just illuminate your word and make it alive. Make it come like a fire into our soul, into our life. May your word burn into our hearing. Thank you, Jesus. And I ask you, Jesus, that your anointing, anointing would break every yoke, that your anointing would come upon this vessel. Thank you, Jesus, for your word that you've given unto us. And thank you for the freedom that we have to hear your word, to read your word, to come together. I ask you would bless each one to the glory and praise of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. As the Lord spoke and said, you know, write the vision. And so he tells to, you know, he gives goals and affirmatives, you know, in, you know, right in the vision. And 
in Isaiah 43:19 it says, "Behold, I will do a new thing." Just what, you know, I have been saying and God has been saying, you know, to me. But as, you know, God keeps saying, "Write the vision." As we press in to this vision, when we he says, "Write the vision." It's not just to write it and just to revel in it, but he tells us to write the vision for a purpose and then to act upon that vision. God told Daniel to write the vision, but that vision was for purpose. That vision, yes, it was, you know, there were things that God showed him about the end times, things that he did not understand, but he wrote it, but he also acted upon it. And as he acted, you know, although at first he, you know, he didn't understand fully, but Gabriel, it's interesting, Gabriel began to, you know, explain to him what those visions were about. And sometimes, you know, when God gives us a vision or a dream, and we say, well, God, I haven't seen that vision. I haven't seen that dream come to pass. But yet there is action that God requires from us when he does give us a dream or a vision. In Joel, it talks about, you know, your young men shall see visions and your um, your young women, you know, your handmaidens will also dream dreams. And um, in Joel chapter, uh, chapter 2, it says, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Well, maybe I'm old because um, I'm not a man, but I'm a woman. And your young men shall see visions. And, um, you know... Um, and God, I remember when Richard and I were married, our goal and our vision that God has spoken to us is that we would put in millions of Bibles into Russia. Well, we thought that's just far-fetched to put in millions of Bibles. And that first time when, you know, he just, you know, had just a car load and um, the, you know, the trunk load, I thought, I said, honey, you are just, you know, over the board, you know, over the board. I mean, this is our honeymoon. I mean, surely we can just go and have a tour of Moscow, you know, have a tour of Russia. And uh, so I thought, and I'll translate for you because my parents, they made us speak the Russian language, you know, while I was growing up. And Richard spoke Polish. Well, Polish and Russian, there are some similarities and there are some quite a bit differences too, you know, and so um, uh, one little little funny joke, uh, not joke, but story, Richard tried to tell the Ukrainian young people this one time, we came and they said, oh, praise God, Brother Richard, it was, you know, in an underground fellowship there, and they said, bless God, well, how do you, you know, witness to the people in America, and he said, well, and so anyway, um, there's a word, you know, Stukach in Russian, which means knock, you know. And so he goes, you know, we just go sometimes, we take teams and we go knock on the door and we share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, knock in Polish is a totally different word, a same word that is in Russian, but means a total different thing. In Polish, it's, you know, pukach. Well, stukach and pukach are close, but not but two different meanings. And so the young people just start laughing and laughing. And Richard goes, honey, why are they laughing? I said, well, honey, um, you told them to go and pass gas. <laughs> 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 
So, you know, he goes, just go Pukach. And I said, no, you go Stukach. <laughs> he goes, well, Stukach? <laughs> you know, I said, yeah, two different meanings, you know. <laughs> so anyway, um, but anyway, so, but our vision was, you know, to go and, you know, knock on the doors, but to bring in the Word of God, to bring in the Word of God into, you know, um, the remote regions of Russia and the communist countries. And so, um, you know, here God was speaking to our hearts, and he made a way. He made a way where it seemed, you know, no way. And so, as the Word of God says, you know, write that vision, but there's an appointed time, and sometimes, you know, it takes a while for that vision to come into pass, to come into fulfillment. But yet it says, you know, um, you who reads it, you know, but you who you know, has received it, run with it for the vision, although it says there's an appointed time, but it will not lie. It will not lie. It might tarry a while. And when we were in Russia, the Holy Spirit kept saying through different people, saying, you know, there will come a time when you will be preaching on the streets of Russia, when you will be preaching in stadiums, when you will be preaching in, you know, um, these palace of cultures. Well, that was, you know, just unforeseenable. I mean, that was just um, not, you know, believable at that time under communism in the 70s and 80s, you know, and so, and here the Holy Spirit kept saying uh, that you will be preaching in these places and you will see thousands and thousands come into Jesus Christ and you will bring in millions of Bibles. We thought, you know, that's just far-fetched. But yet as God speaks his word, as he gives that vision, as he gives that dream, you know, he says, you know, endure it you know, run with it. Don't just, you know, and so we, we were bringing in, you know, Bibles, you know, by, you know, the, you know, suitcases, by the truckloads, by the train loads, you know, and so anyway, but it came a time when God did fulfill, fulfill that dream. He did fulfill that vision where, you know, when communism fell in Russia, where the Bibles are being printed now in Ukraine, in Russia, where we have been able to put in, like I said, over 7 million Bibles across that land. And so God is one that, he says, you know, uh, although he speaks that dream, maybe he's asked you to, you know, do something and you say, well, I've tried to do it, and it just hasn't come to pass. It just, and it seems like that dream has just, you know, kind of died. Well, Joseph had a dream. And as he had a dream, I mean, God gave that dream for a purpose. It wasn't just so that he would just be blessed himself. But God gave that vision and that dream for a reason and for a purpose. And that purpose was, you know, for that he would come one day for the, for the deliverance of the people of, you know, from the famine, from the famine that was going to come into Egypt. And God was going to preserve using Joseph, using Joseph to preserve, preserve his people from that famine. And so here God uses, he uses these dreams. He uses these visions for a reason, for a purpose. And I remember uh, when my mom had passed away and I was just grieving very, very, you know, bitterly, very, you know, hard. And my mom was just such a prayer warrior, both mom and dad. And they were in the mission. They worked in Siberia in their 70s and 80s. And they would go into Siberia, you know, for, you know, two, three, four, six months at a time and, you know, share the gospel in the most remote, remote regions of Siberia. 
And so they were just, you know, so on fire for the Lord in their 80s. And I told you guys last time, and my mom kept saying, oh, daughter, when are you going to go into these remote, remote regions where they would go on dog sled, on reindeer sled? That took them eight and ten hours just on a dog sled to go to those places. And I was just ministering in Montana uh, last month, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, the couple I was staying with, they had a picture that my dad and mom had taken of them on the reindeer sled, on a uh, reindeer sled, taking Bibles into Siberia. And, um, and I had taken it, I have it at home now, I was going to put it in my Bible. But anyway, they're on the reindeer sled, taking these Bibles and goods into remote, remote regions. But mom said, daughter, when are you going to go into these you know, remote regions? And I said, well, maybe when I turn 80, mom. Well, I'm turning 70 next year, (laughs) and so 80 doesn't seem that far, (laughs) but anyway, you know, here God has, you know, spoken, you know, through mom and dad, and, and I felt such a, you know, such a loss, you know, such an emptiness when mom passed away, the same when dad, and with Richard, I feel, felt totally, totally lost, you know, but anyway, I was just grieving so hard. And we came to Mexico. And as we came to Mexico, I remember we were ministering every day with Richard for, you know, um, three weeks, every day straight, every day straight. And we were just exhausted. And finally, I had lost my voice. And this last service was, was a women's conference. And um, Maru, the interpreter that I, we were staying with, our, this friend of ours, or uh, our lady, you know, interpreter. Anyway, she got a box of, you know, house cough drops. And so anyway, um, so I'm ministering, you know, to the women. And afterwards, the women, they literally, I just went and sat down after praying, you know, for these women. And I was just wiped out. So I'm sitting, you know, I just came and sat there on the front chair. Well, these women came, picked me up. And I mean, literally picked me up. And there was this big, you know, stair, stair, stairway. And they laid me on the altar there. <laughs> and I thought, oh boy, <laughs> what are they going to do with me now? <laughs> you know? And I thought, okay, I'm in Mexico, but I know, you know, uh, there's not going to be no sacrifice here. <laughs> And so, anyway, I had never had that happen before, you know. <laughs> and so, anyway, so I'm just, I just close my eyes, and uh, all of a sudden, these women start praying, one after another after another. And I'm just laying there and weeping, weeping, as these women start saying, I want to be your spiritual mama. I'm going to be your spiritual mama. I'm going to intercede in prayer for you. And they would break and just weeping over me. And they just broke, you know, crying. I mean, I was covered, covered with just tears, tears, you know, from the women that were praying over me. And I, and God literally healed, healed that brokenness, healed that, you know, that pain within, deep, deep within me. And then this last lady, she came up, and as she came up, all of a sudden, she started praying in the Russian language. And I thought, wow. And I wanted to open my eyes, but it was like the Lord shut my eyes and I couldn't open them. I wanted to see who this woman was that was praying in the Russian language. And, um, and she kept saying, 
Время скорости. Пиши книги, потому что скоро двери закроются. Write the books. Write the books. For the time will come when you won't be able to do it anymore. But write them. And, and this was spoken in the Russian language. And so here I tried to, you know, um, open my eyes and they were just shut. And it was like God sealed my eyes at that time. He didn't want me to focus on the person, but he wanted me to focus on his word and what he was speaking. And so she had finished. And after, you know, they were all, they all finished. And, you know, I sat up and, and I said to Maru, my interpreter, I said, who was the lady that spoke and prayed in the Russian language, that last one. And she said, oh, here, I'll take you to her. And as she takes me to this lady, I start speaking to her in the Russian language. And I said, you know, very nice to meet you. And I'm speaking to her in Russian. And she goes, and I said, you know, in Russian, I said, you know, you mentioned about writing the books. And so I'm talking to her in Russian, and she goes, I don't understand you, just Espanol, I only speak Espanol, just speak Espanol. And I was like flabbergasted, I thought, wow, you spoke the Russian language so clearly, I mean, with clarity, with clarity. As, you know, the Word of God says here, you know, He will give the vision, there will be clarity. It will be clear to you. It won't be just, you know, um, a mumble-jumble thing. But there will be a clarity in the vision that God will speak unto you or will give unto you. His vision and dream that he gives you, they have clarity to it. God will not give something that will be, you know, that will be confused to you. Maybe you might not understand it at first. But as we stand on, in faith, As we stand, believe in God, you know, when knowing that this is what God has spoken to me, this is what God had given to me, this is what God had, you know, uh, shared with me, and I'm going to walk in it. I'm going to walk in faith with the dream and the dream and the, uh, the vision that he had given unto me. And I remember, you know, all of a sudden, she just, I mean, she just glowed. <laughs> she goes, I spoke Russian, she said. I said, yes, you spoke Russian. And I, and I said, do you know any words in Russian? She goes, no. I said, not even da and yet. She goes, nine, nine, nine. <laughs> she, and so anyway, I thought, wow, God, you know, you're an awesome, awesome God. You know, I mean, nothing, uh, nothing is too hard for our Lord Jesus Christ. I remember many years ago, The Lord, we came into this one prayer meeting, and there was a lady, um, you know, a friend of ours that invited us to this prayer group. And as this um, lady, Linda, invited us to this prayer group, uh, we we're praying, and this lady, Sally, she comes up and she starts praying over us. Well, we had gone Um, I mean, uh, the Lord spoke to our hearts. We had just come back from Russia. And during those years in the 70s and 80s, um, you know, in order to return back to Russia, you had to wait about six months for the visas to process through. And we had just come back from Russia. And the Lord spoke and said, I want you to return back to Russia quickly quickly. And we thought, well, Lord, it will take us, you know, months for the visas to process, you know, through the consulate and everything else. They go through your background, everything else. And so anyway, and it took them forever to, you know, process the visas through. 
And so at this Bible study uh, or at this prayer meeting, Sally, she comes up and she starts praying. Well, she starts praying in the Russian language. Well, I did not know who she was. So I assumed, I assumed, and Richard did too, we assumed that she spoke the Russian language, that she was Russian. And God spoke through her as she came to us. And, she, and God spoke and said, I will open the door that seems to be closed. And I will open the door and it will make the crooked path straight. And God said, you will return back to Russia very quickly. And it won't be by your might. It won't be by your power. But it will be by my spirit, God says, that I will do a miracle of opening that door. And then Sally, you know, she stopped. And Linda, our friend that invited her, she gave the interpretation. Well, we knew that Linda did not speak a word of Russian. I mean, Linda and her husband have been, you know, our close friends from, you know, the time we were little. And so I knew Linda didn't speak Russian. And yet she gave an interpretation word to word, what was spoken in the Russian language by Sally. Well, afterwards, I came up to Sally and I said, Linda, how did you know what she had spoken? She said, I didn't, but the Holy Spirit just gave me the interpretation. And I came to Sally and Linda said, she doesn't speak a word of Russian. Not a word of Russian. And here, God said, I will open the door. So Richard and I, we went to the embassy, to the consulate, and we applied for visas, and Richard had the audacity to say to the consulate, you know, God told us that we're going to return back to Russia very soon. And the consulate, they go, your God? And Richard said, yes, our God is real. He's alive. And God had given this dream, this vision, and this word that he was going to allow us to return back to Russia very soon. Well, the consulate, they began to laugh. They began to ridicule. They said, oh, your God, we'll show you what kind of a God you believe in. Because they said, we will make sure that you will not receive the visas for at least, at least six months. Well, two weeks went by and we received a telephone call from the consulate. And the consulate, they said, we don't understand what has happened. But they said, your visas have arrived and they're here. Come and pay for them. Well, we didn't even have the money to pay for the visas and for the whole stay. But the day, the next day, God provided, somebody sent a cashier's check without a name and for the exact amount that we needed to pay for all the stay in Russia. How awesome. How awesome is our God. Friends, there is nothing too hard. And so God wants us to bring our vision and, you know, and promise to pass. He wants to fulfill. He wants to fulfill that, that vision and promise you know, for the purpose of Jesus Christ, for the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Because God says, you are. You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. And it says, let your light shine before men. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. With the dreams, the visions that God gives unto you, let the light of Christ shine through it. Let the light of Christ shine through it. And as the Holy Spirit speaks, as you obey, and as you, He commands us to do a certain thing, He will direct you with His peace. He will direct you with His peace and His joy. 
in Jeremiah 31, 3 and 4, it says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you again. Therefore, I will build you and you shall be rebuilt. And then you shall rejoice and dance and the young men and the old together. For I will turn the morning to joy. I will comfort them and make them rejoice rather than sorrow. And my people shall be satisfied with my goodness. And it says, though your vision and ministry, though your vision might seem like it has tarried, though your dream might seem like it has tarried, but yet God is positioning you. God is positioning you to the fulfillment, to the fulfillment of his purpose in your life. He's positioning you to do greater things, greater things than you've ever done before, greater things. And as he's repositioning his people today, I mean, these new rules and regulations, not just in our country, but worldwide. But yet God is repositioning his church to take on, not to withdraw, just as, you know, the Holy Spirit spoke, don't isolate, don't withdraw. Now is the time, now is the time to shine, shine the light of Christ like never before. Shine the power and allow the power of Jesus Christ to flow through you. And as the word of God spoke in Joel, your, your, you know, your old men shall see dreams, your young men shall see visions and dreams. You know, God is pouring out, and I believe he's pouring out his spirit like never before in Ukraine. I had never, ever seen such a hunger for the word of God like I did, you know, this summer. But as I want to share, when Sally had prayed that and we, you know, and we received the visas to return back to Russia. And as we returned back to Russia, I remember the first church, I mean, it was an underground service. We came into this underground service. We didn't know where to go, but the Holy Spirit, as we would pray, and the Holy Spirit would just say, go this way or go that way. And Richard would say, honey, let's go to the left. Let's go to the right. Let's go down this alley. And then sometimes he would say, honey, go run down that alley. And I'm going to run, run down this other alley. I go, so I would be obedient and I'd go down. Well, we had to lose the KGBs. You know, we called them our little chuggalugs, you know. So we had to lose the chuggalugs. And when we finally lost the chuggalugs, you know, and God would direct us back, you know, together. And, and we found, we would find the believers. We would find the believers by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And just as the Word of God says, not by might, not by power, but by His Spirit. Don't lean on your own understanding, but lean on the power of the Holy Spirit to lead, to guide, to direct. And in, um, you know, uh, and as we came to this fellowship, I remember we were, we had satchels, you know, Richard was carrying a big satchel of the Bibles and I had a big satchel of the Bibles, you know, and as we came, this one lady, she came up to us right away and she said, I knew two weeks ago that you were going to be here. And right away we thought, oh my, she must be a KGB agent because they know your background. They, you know, uh, you know, follow everything. You know, they find out everything about your background. And so anyway, both Richard and I were just thinking this in our mind. We're thinking, oh, you must be a KGB agent, you know, that has come into this fellowship, you know, secretly. And as we're thinking that in our mind, she said, you're thinking wrong. She said, God showed me a dream. 
She said, God showed me a dream about your family. And she points to me. She said, and you have, she said, there are seven children in your family in, you know, that you come from. And you have been born in China. Well, the KGB, they also find out, you know, how many people, my family, so forth. And so we're still thinking this, you know, in our mind. Oh, you're, you know, good KGB agent, you know. And she said, and your name is Sarah. And your brothers and sisters, and she names all of the names of my brothers and sisters, seven of us, you know. And I thought, well, you really did, you know, um, you processed, you know, your inventory really good. You know, you did a real good, you know, background check here. And, I mean, even knowing where I was born and, and what country I was sponsored to and came to. And, and then she pointed to Richard and she said, and your name is Richard. She said, you see, God showed me the faces of all your siblings. And God showed me your faces and your names two weeks before, and we still were reluctant, uh, you know, uh, and not believing that she was not a KGB officer or a KGB agent. And so we're still kind of hesitant in our heart and, you know, just questioning. And all of a sudden she said, you know, I don't come from this village. I don't come from this city. She said, I come from a far away, remote, remote region. She said, it has taken me 10 hours to come by a train into this town. She said, you see, two weeks ago, she said, the believers in our place in Fergana, they were praying and the Holy Spirit spoke to them and said, there will be bread that will come in, into Kishinev and you need to go into Kishinev and I will lead you to the couple that will bring the bread of life for you to bring into Fergana. And so she shares this with us, and she then says to Richard, you have, just to prove to you that I'm not a KGB person, she said, you have some Bibles hidden underneath your belt buckle, underneath your coat. Well, there was no way that she would have seen that because he had a, you know, he had Bibles, you know, kind of underneath his belt, and he had a, a jacket and a coat on top of that, except the Holy Spirit. And as the Bible says, not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, by his spirit, you know. And so anyway, uh, so God wants us to press toward that goal, press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus, you know. And, um, and so he asks us, you know, build yourself up. Build yourself up in the word. Build yourself up, you know, in, um, in that vision that he gives unto you. Don't just, you know, just put it aside. But do something with it already. Do something with it already. You know, last year, I might have shared this with you folks, um, you know, at the end of last year or maybe with some of you. But um, God does give me some dreams, some visions, you know, that I know are, you know, just from the Lord. Well, this one dream, and I knew, I knew that it was from God, and I wrote it down. And I told you about the dream that God showed me about COVID that came to pass, and God preserved and protected my life. But anyway, it was, you know, shortly after that, um, I saw this dream about a palace, a mansion, and, I'm, um, and I see myself coming into this mansion. And as I come into this mansion, I see different people, different Christians coming into the mansion. And this man of God... Um, I come into this first, you know, um, the first, you know, uh, level, I, 
there are some words that I think in Russian. So anyway, um, usually my hubby would say, honey, this is the word in English. Well, anyway, you pray for the interpretation. <laughs> so anyway, the first floor that I, was, I came into the mansion, it was laden. It was laden. The walls were laden with gems. I mean, sapphire, rubies, diamonds. I mean, just the walls were just laden with all these, you know, just beautiful, beautiful gems. And I said to this man of God, you know, the owner, the man I knew of God, I said, who did this? He said, the almighty God. And I thought, wow, this is majestic looking. And then he said, now I must take you. Oh, before that, and you know, I see just um, like um, a kitchen, and I see all these dirty, dirty dishes. And I thought, oh, I've got to clean all these dishes. I've got so much work, so much work to do. And I knew as I'm walking, I knew Richard had walked just before me. And I turn around to say, oh, Richard, just when I need you to help me with all this labor, with all this work, you're gone. And the man of God, he says, you're working too hard. You're laboring too hard. He said, all the obstacles will be removed. And I turned around just, you know, just to look, you know, to this other direction. And then looking back, and all the dirty piles and piles of dishes were gone. And then he said, I must take you to the second level. And I see the staircase, and the staircase is made out of, like, pearls. And I just put my first foot on the step, and the next thing I was up on the second level. And on the second level, I see all these just glorious, you know, scenes from the Bible, stories from the Bible, but in action in action. And I looked at them and I see, you know, Moses like, you know, part in the Red Sea and the Israelites and it's in action. And the Israelites, you know, going on dry ground. And I see this story, you know, taking place in like in, in, a, in a life story form. And, and I'm looking and I said, wow, this is majestic. You know, and then the man of God, he said, come, and in the meanwhile, I see these different people coming into the mansion, coming into the mansion. Well, I see this one lady that came in and, you know, she was a Russian lady, an old friend of ours, but she was one that's a very, I mean, traditional, very, very, I mean, if you cut your hair, you would not make it to heaven. I mean, I mean, a, a little bit too extreme, but I mean, she was so, so, you know, um, I mean, just very ritualistic and, and I thought, wow. And so I turned to the man of God. I said, how did you know her? He said, by the blood of the lamb. And I said, and she made it. <laughs> well, friends, we are going to be surprised. Yes, the traditionals, the ritualistic ones, they're going to make it. <laughs> Those that we think are not going to make it, are, we're going to be surprised. And the others are going to be surprised maybe at us being there. <laughs> but anyway, so anyway, I see, and the man of God, he said, you know, by the blood of the Lamb, and it is. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that redeems, that saves, that saves us from the eternal, from the eternal damnation. It's the blood of Jesus Christ, his salvation, the gift of eternal life that Jesus paid on the cross for us as we receive him, as we receive him, accept the forgiveness by the blood of Christ. Accept that forgiveness that he shed, the blood 
from Christ that ran, that ran from him for our redemption, for our salvation, for our forgiveness of our sins, of our transgressions, of our iniquities, that they would be set, that we would be set free from the powers of sin. And God wants to, if there's somebody here and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and you might be captive in your emotions, in your heart, in your life with fear, God wants to set you free. He's a God of deliverance. He's a God of Savior. He's a God of goodness. He's a God of mercy. He's a God that wants to do good, not evil to you. The enemy, he came to kill and to destroy, but Jesus came to give life and that more abundantly. Satan wants to take your life, but Jesus came to give life. He is the resurrection, the life. He is the Prince of Peace. He's the power. He wants to empower his people. He wants to empower you. He wants to give you his goodness this very hour. He wants to show his mercy to you. He didn't come to destroy you, but Jesus came to give his life everlasting. And so as God is speaking maybe to your heart this very hour, maybe God is saying, you know, give, surrender, surrender the things that you may be, you know, that you have held back, that you have held back. Maybe you have been one that has been ritualistic and things have just been emotional to you and not a fellowship with Christ and not a, you know, it might have just been a religious thing that you have done, but Jesus wants you not to be religious, but he wants you to have a personal, a personal relationship, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a personal faith in Christ, a personal walk in Christ. Friends, when we have friendship, when we have a relationship, there is action that we have to take one with another. There are friends, in order to, you know, keep friends, you have to carry a relationship, have to do things, you know, to know one another, to do things to help one another, minister one to another. And Jesus wants that relationship with him. He wants a closer relationship with Jesus Christ, not where we were yesterday, not where we were a year ago, not where we were before in the past, but he wants a closer relationship today. Today is a new day. Today he wants to do a new thing in your life. And so as Jesus, as you know, I was seeing this in this mansion thing, the, you know, the man of God, he said, now I want to take you to the third level. And the next thing I was in the third level and he took me and he said, this is a place of resting. This is a place of resting place. And he opened the first door and all of a sudden I heard the voices of angels. I just heard a host of angels just singing. And all of a sudden, I see this bright, bright light coming from the end of that room. There was no ending. And this bright light kept coming. And I knew, I knew that it was the power and it was Jesus Christ. I knew it was God. And it didn't, I mean, it hit me and I fell to my face and I just began to weep and to cry and to cry. And I said, who will be able to stand? in the holiness, in the power of Jesus Christ, who will be able to stand in his presence of holiness. And I was just weeping, and I couldn't get up. I didn't have the strength. And the man of God, he lifted me up, and he said, you will stand in his righteousness. You will stand in his holiness. It's not who you are, but who Jesus is in you. And friends, I want to tell you, 
Don't try to, you know, place the identity of, you know, just trying to think who you are, but who Jesus, who Jesus is in you and who, who Jesus wants to be in you and through you. And then he took me to the second room. And the second room, he opened the door and the similar thing, except the next room I heard amongst the angels singing. I heard my hubby, my hubby singing amongst them. And I began to weep. And as he was singing notes that I could, I said, wow. I said, you sing, you're singing notes that you've never, ever, you know, could sing before. And he would always say, honey, when I get to heaven, I'm going to sing better than Roger McDuff. Roger McDuff was one of these, you know, old um, artists that, you know, Christian singers that sang tenor really, really beautifully and high. And he would say, I will sing higher than Roger McDuff. Well, he was singing higher than Roger McDuff. He was singing a heavenly, a heavenly song. And then I saw this light again coming towards me. And as the light was coming towards me again, I felt unworthy. And the power of God just hit me so strong that I wound up on the floor weeping, weeping again. And I said, who will be able to stand in the presence, in the almighty God, in the power and the holiness of God? And as I was weeping on my face before God, the man of God, he picked me up. He said, come. And as he picked me up, he walked me to the last, you know, room. And it was a bigger room and similar as what the others. But he said, you are not going to stay here. You still have a work. God still has a work for you to do. You must return back to the first level. And the next thing I knew, I was in the first level. But this time... There wasn't, you know, the dishes, there wasn't, but there was a banquet and table. And around the banquet and table, I saw my daddy sitting at the banquet and table. And as I saw my daddy sitting there, I came and it was beautiful, just laden with all kinds of food and beautiful chairs. And I pulled a chair to come sit and join my daddy. And he said, no, daughter, this is not your time. I said, but I want to, you know, join you and feast at this table. He said, this is not your time. He said, the time will come, but not now. You still have a work to do. And then I saw Linda, the lady I mentioned to you that, you know, invited Sally to that Bible study. Anyway, I saw Linda sitting at the table. And I said, oh, Linda, I want to join you. She said, no, it's not your time. But she looked up. And there was her husband, Walt. She said, but Walt, it is your time to join me. And so Walt, Walter comes and joins her. And then the man of God, he said, come. And he comes and he shows me this glass, glass, you know, like panel window. The whole wall was like a glass wall. And I saw out of that glass window just a garden and fountains and Niagara Falls. I mean, like Niagara Falls, just so majestic. And then all of a sudden I see a tornado coming at the mansion. And I said, Oh, I said, oh, God, who will be able to, you know, withstand the devastation of this tornado, of this hurricane? And just before it hit the man of God, he said, God will preserve his remnant people. God will preserve and he will lead. He will lead them by his spirit, by his power. 
And then all of a sudden that tornado lifted up and was gone. And then the second tornado was coming just as quickly as the first one. But the second tornado as it was coming, all of a sudden I saw like flames of fire coming out of this tornado, coming out of this like, uh, you know, this you know, big hurricane tornado thing. And these flames of fire were going out. And I thought, wow, it's going to hit this mansion and we're going to be on flame, you know. But the flames, they just erupted out. And then all of a sudden, the man of God, he said, now come. And he opens the door. He said, you still have a work to do. And he opens the door and I wake up. And I believe the tornadoes. I believe the things that, you know, I wrote that down. Two weeks after I had that dream, my daddy went home to be with the Lord. And two weeks after that, Linda went home to be with the Lord. And then a few months after she passed away, Walter, in November, passed away, went to be with the Lord. I still have a job. I still have the things that God has called, you know, to do. And so I want to thank you that the work that God has called, called us to do, bringing in the word of God that sets the captive free, the word of God that is piercing the darkness, the word of God that is changing lives, the word of God that is set, set, uh, setting people free from their sin. Friends, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for your participation, for your involvement, for your obedience. But most of all, I want you to be obedient, obedient to the dreams, the commands, the vision that God has given you to make them, have them being fulfilled in your life. This is the hour. This is the time. I believe if you're still holding on and you're saying, God, when will this dream come to pass? When will this vision come to pass? This is the day. This is the hour that I believe God is going to start fulfilling that in your life. He's going to start fulfilling and doing things in your life beyond your expectation, beyond your expectation, beyond what you have even imagined. As every head is bowed, Hallelujah, Jesus. I would like to give an invitation to those, maybe the fire of God, I believe is going to be the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is happening in different places, Ukraine, Russia, even in America and other nations. <clears throat> there are pockets Mighty revival that is sweeping where many souls are coming to Christ. And friends, a revival is, I believe, the souls, the salvation of souls coming to Jesus by multitudes, by multitudes. This is the hour. If you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ, <clears throat> if you've just been maybe a ritualistic person, a religious person, you've maybe gone to church. You may be even heard the gospel of Christ. You've heard about Jesus. You might even be listening to, you know, the word on the radio or television, but yet you do not have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And this morning, he's calling you and asking you. He's knocking on your heart's door. And Jesus is asking, saying, will you surrender your life? Maybe as the musicians come up, Jesus is asking. He's saying gently, we don't know the hour or the day, but I do know that Jesus is going to come back very soon. 
for his redeemed. Jesus is coming back for the body of Jesus Christ. He's coming back for those that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, that are walking after Christ. And Jesus is asking you, is your relationship right with him? If it's not, he's asking you this very hour, this moment, if you could just raise your hand, and I would love to pray for you. Jesus wants you to surrender all your life. He wants to yield your life to him. He wants you to surrender your will to his will. He wants you to surrender everything to him. And if he wants you to be born again, born again, his blood was shed for you to forgive you of all your sins, to cleanse you, to give you peace, to give you joy, to give you hope. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for those hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Father God, I ask you right now that you would just come into their heart. Father God, as they confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that Jesus, that they also believe in their heart that God, you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our salvation, for our redemption, to give us eternal life, not just to have a lip adherence, but to have that faith in Christ Jesus. And Father God, I ask you right now that you would transform their life, you would transform their mind, you would transform their being. Let them become that new creature, that, that new creation in Christ Jesus. For Father God, I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing and what you're going to do in their lives and through them. And Jesus, I ask you right now for your body, for your body of Christ, for the body. Jesus, I ask that if there has been an apathy, dryness, fear, Jesus, I ask that you would remove you would remove the things that might have brought even hesitations, unbelief that have brought in. Jesus, I ask that you would cleanse, you would cleanse from sins, from temptations that have brought sin into their life. Jesus, I ask that you would purify, you would purify your body this very hour. Father God, I ask that Jesus, the things that might have been holding them back, there have been things that have kept, uh, set them, uh, that, that are, they have been captive, that you are setting them free. Father God, there are people, this very hour, you are setting free. Jesus, there are those, you're breaking habits, habits from lives this very morning. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I ask the blood of Jesus Christ set Set that alcoholic free. Set that drug addict free. Set that heroin free. In the name of Jesus, I ask that you would give a disdain. You would give Jesus. You would cause them to even puke at even the thought. Even the thought 
of taking those drugs in Jesus' name, Lord. I ask that you would set, set them free by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. Jesus, I ask, even now, Father God, there are those, Father God, that have been walking, walking, thinking they can walk in the world and still serve you. And Jesus, you're calling them aside. You're calling them aside. You're calling them away to awake out of that apathy, to awake out of that slumber, to awake out of that secularism, to awake out of that worldliness, and to break it off them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Jesus, I ask you right now that you would minister. You would minister your healing, your healing. Father God, I ask that you would heal this ulcer in this woman right now. In the name of Jesus, I ask that you would remove, you would remove, you would take that also away in Jesus' name, Lord. I ask that you would heal, you would heal that paralysis, you would heal that paralysis in those legs in Jesus' name. I ask for the healing virtue of Christ to flow, to flow. I come against that stroke that this woman has had that has affected her speech in the name of Jesus. I ask for the healing virtue of Jesus Christ to flow through her, touch her brain, touch her nerves, touch her being in Jesus' name. For Jesus, your word says, by your stripes, by your stripes, the stripes that you bore upon your back were for our infirmities. And I ask you right now, by the stripes of Jesus Christ, let healing, let healing flow, flow through that person, flow through those that are infirmed, flow through the sick in the name of Jesus. I ask you, Jesus, that you would touch, you would touch that hernia in the name of Jesus. Father God, I ask that you would remove it in Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, I ask you right now that you would also, you would remove those cysts. Remove those cysts in the name of Jesus. Father God, you are the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. You are the great physician. And Jesus, I ask that you would remove those cysts right now by the power of Jesus Christ. Let the power of Jesus flow with healing, healing in Jesus' name. The balm of Gilead flow, flow in the name of Jesus. And God, I just ask that you would remove that fear that has paralyzed, that has paralyzed and caused this person to go into depression. Jesus, I come against. I come against this fear and this depression in the name of Jesus. Let the word of God, let the word of God permeate, permeate into his life, into his mind, into his being, and let worship, let worship and thanksgiving whelm up within his soul. Let it whelm up within his spirit. Let the worship whelm up within his soul, within his brain. In the name of Jesus, I come against the fear that the enemy 
the enemy has tormented in the name of Jesus. For Father God, your word says you have not given us a spirit of fear. It's a spirit that the enemy has put upon this person. And Jesus, I ask that you would remove it. You would remove it in the name of Jesus. For the word of God says you've given us a spirit of love and power and of a sound mind. A sound mind. I ask for that sound mind to be birthed in Jesus' name, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Create the soundness in that mind in Jesus' name and remove, remove that fear. Remove. And Father God, let him not dwell on the negativeness. Let him not dwell on the worldliness, but let him dwell on the word. Let him dwell on the things that will edify and build him up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Father God, I just thank you for the time that we're able to fellowship, to assemble together. For there are many, there are many that are going through persecution, that are not able to assemble. We thank you for these freedoms, for these freedoms that we still have to come in the name of the Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus. We ask, I ask you, Jesus, that, Father God, you would make us to be an instrument. I ask for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to flow through your body of Christ, to be a vessel as they go out, to shine, to be the salt of the earth, to shine the light of Christ, to shine the word of God, to shine the realistic power of Christ in their life to those around them. That, Father God, that we may be productive and fruitful for eternity. Thank you, Jesus. I ask you would bless, bless your body in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, I'd like to have prayer later on. And as we have prayer, I think, later on, um, I'd like to just pray with, you know, if you have a special need, a special, um, or for certain, you know, things that God laid on your heart, or maybe um, just whatever God, you know, would speak to your heart, I'd love to pray for you. Amen.